This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. This is Double Tap Canada from AMI Audio, the place where blind people talk tech. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Double Tap Canada. It is I, Stephen Scott, back with you once again. Uh, oh, I, t- I think lockdown is driving me insane. Uh, it's not the case in Canada, though, because everything starts to be easing up a little bit, from my understanding. Uh, let's bring in uh, our guests this week. Of course, we have Sean Priest. Where else would Sean Priest be but in his shed in Manchester, Ingerland? Hello, Sean Priest in shed. Ni hao, Stephen Scott. I'm learning Chinese. Thank you. Right, you're eating plenty of it, so I suppose it's fair that you should maybe learn the language it came from or the place it came from. Uh, Jay Taylor's with us from Newfoundland in Canada. Hello, Jay. Good day, fellas. Thanks for having me back. I guess I didn't mess it up too badly last time, so you know, so well, not too much. No. Okay. I mean, this is just this is probation part two, uh, but no, no, it's gone really well, and it's great to have you back on the show. Tim will be back on with us next week, so uh, yeah, looking forward to getting Tim back on because uh, there's lots of interesting stuff going on, but. We start this week, though, with uh, a big topic, and that is uh, the Apple Watch. And I want to get right into this this week because, you know, we actually kind of this this conversation came about as a result of last week's show. We had lots of conversations going on about the Apple Watch. There's lots of talk about what will be in the new operating system uh, when it comes out for the watch. But I thought we'd get back to basics today and just say, right, look, what are we actually using this thing for? Because that's the question I get asked all the time, every single time. I uh, talk to anybody about the Apple Watch, people will say, and I'm talking about blind people here, they'll say, well, what do you use it for? Because other than maybe answering a call or sending a message, what can you do with it? Mm -hmm. So I thought we should just put it out there this week. I thought we should just ask that question to ourselves, have a bit of a chat about it. Uh, Now, Jay, you're in an interesting position because you had an Apple Watch. You had the first one. The very first Series 1. Sean's got Series 4. Correct. And I've obviously got Series 5. I mean, that's just obvious. When you think about it, it just makes yeah, sense, right? Of course. Uh, so, you know, that's the case. So, But I, I'm kind of wondering what we do with it. Um, so, first question, I guess, then, is to you then, Jay. So why did you get rid of it? Are you insane? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I've been called that by many times uh, by many people. And a lot better looking than you, but um, oh, I don't doubt that. Oh, don't doubt had, that. To, had to go there. Had to go there. Uh, actually, I, I thought I, you were blind. <laughs> apparently, not blind enough. But <laughs> <laughs> I actually sold my Apple Watch uh, at the time when I made the transition to Android. So I I sold both my Apple Watch and my iPhone at the same time. But it was also for me uh, during a time when my vision started to to drastically change. So you picked Android? I I did, actually. At the time, the only reason why I actually picked Android uh, was literally the larger screen device at the time. Because at that point in time, you know, Apple didn't have the larger screen that they have now. So mm, okay. I just went for a, a larger screen device at the time. As well, I wasn't using my devices to their capabilities or getting enough out of them to warrant the price that I was paying for those devices. So I just, I really downgraded. I went to an old Samsung J3, believe it or not, is what I Nothing went to. Nothing wrong with that. Not a thing. Well. It was a fantastic phone for the basic user. And at that point in time, I was kind of separating myself away from uh, overloading 
remaining site I had left um, in that respect. Now, there were some great accessibility features on the Apple Watch that allowed me to use it just fine. Like, I use the screen zoom quite a bit. I, uh, As you guys know, and as we've talked about before, I've never been a big user of voiceover. I have a feeling as things start to progress further with me, voiceover will become more of a thing. But uh, at that point in time, a few years back, it uh, it hadn't uh, it hadn't really started for me yet. So it was just a transition period for me. I loved my Apple Watch. I mean, my favorite watch face was the Mickey Mouse face. I mean, come on, right, you know. So oh, oh, terrible! Oh, yeah. Anyone who has the Mickey Mouse watch face is a terrible person. Oh, oh, that hurts. That hurts. It's awful. That and hurts. Every time you touch it, it's blah, blah, blah. well. That's oh, actually so irritating. That's actually why I liked it because it actually spoke to me. So that's where my first experience uh, with voiceover. Okay. So. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'll let you. Ah, there you go. See that that shot him up, didn't it, Jake? Did I got him? I listen. <laughs> you have to get up pretty early, my friend. Is all I'm going to Sorry. say. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, accessibility <laughs> is great. Sorry. <laughs> but the, okay, so you got this um, Samsung thing, and um, I guess you you got on with it all right. You. You clearly liked it enough to hang around with it. Are you still it's with fine. Are you still with Android? I am. Um, and the, yeah. the last show, actually, if you had to have been paying a little bit of attention yeah, um, during the time I was on before, I'm actually <laughs> currently using right now the Galaxy S20 Ultra. So, no, I knew that. But the reason I didn't want it to sound like I knew everything was because, you know, <laughs> listeners might not have heard that show. I'm just, I'm helping the listener. Oh, he's always oh, professional. That's, oh, that's what it is. Right, okay. stop, stop. I wasn't I checking my Amazon balance at that point. Honestly. Yeah, oh, why? Well, you were looking at the progress of where that TV was. So, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to get was, back yeah. to the point. Yes, of... let's, let's bring, oh, it, good luck. bring it back in here. Bring it back in. Jay, you said you loved the Apple Watch, but why? Why did you love it? What did you use it for? One of the biggest things I actually used it for, honestly, was changing the watch faces to suit my vision at the time. So it, it gave customization, say, for uh, I always used, when I didn't use the Mickey, uh, I always used the just the large numbers, nothing else, just the large yep. numbers, no complications. But it actually gave me a chance to, you know, change the color scheme of those numbers because sometimes it was either too bright or not bright enough. It gave me just a lot of flexibility. And that's something, say, in standard watches, as everybody knows, you know, you buy a watch, a standard watch, it's stuck at that face. And if you can't see it, you can't see it. So I really enjoyed that side of it. Also, for me, it was, uh, you know, I found it great just for notification purposes. Like if my phone was in a coat pocket or pants pocket or what have you, like I, I always just like that, that vibration feedback or the haptic feedback or whatever term they yep. use for it these days. Uh, I just, I just enjoyed that. That was a notification to me that something was going on on my phone. Now, a lot of times, I mean, I couldn't uh, directly interact as quickly with the watch. Uh, because, you know, you have to, you know, enable the screen zoom or what have you, but it gave me the notification that something was going on. So I really enjoyed that feature. And uh, even up until uh, this past year, I was actually using the Galaxy Watch. Oh, that's interesting. So, Mm. you know, uh, just really a very similar device, but different form factor because it was round versus square. But uh, I, again, same, same functions for me. It worked the same way. I'm not a big fella into apps and things like that on the watch because I just found it a little bit too small. 
for for myself, but I liked that instant gratification, so to speak, of getting that notification on the wrist, knowing something was going on, and either not missing an important message from either work or my family at the time, just something. You know, it uh, it gave that instant thing, and that's that's one of the things I miss right now, actually, about uh, about having a smartwatch in general is is that because I currently don't have one at all. So, what happened to the Galaxy Watch? Same difference. Uh, I I did I sold it because of uh, vision, and just not utilizing yep. it to its potential. You know, I just felt. You know, I spent this money on this watch. I got some, you know, and uh, the gentleman that purchased it asked me if I actually ever wore it because it was in such good shape. But, uh, <laughs> you know. So the only thing you're really using a watch for is as a watch. Was to tell I mean, time. that's madness. I, I know, right? In this day and age, it's sheer <laughs> madness. But, uh, you know, to tell, but again, that grad, that instant notification of something going on, something that probably needed my attention is the one thing that I do miss the most. Hmm. Um. Okay, well, I mean, I, I get all that. I actually do, because I was a bit like you, Jay, with this Apple Watch. I guess I was maybe just a little bit further down the track vision-wise in the sense that I wasn't ever really going to... I knew right away, as soon as I bought it, day one, I bought the larger face one, mm-hmm. the 44 millimeter, I think it was at the time. It's now 46. And I thought, I'll buy the bigger one because I'll be able to see it. And pff, it didn't really make any difference <laughs> at all. I could, all I could really see on it, if I'm honest, was the the notifications that would pop up i mean i don't know what the colors are but to me it was like a big yellow box was messages or a blue box was mail that was kind of the height of it to be honest and then i thought i need to switch on voiceover and voiceover on series one was pretty terrible i mean it was it was buggy it was slow uh, it wasn't perfect at all. It wasn't it, anywhere near like it is in Series 5. Um, and arguably from Series 3. I mean, the Series 3 watch is absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people like buying the Series 3. Um, and I get it because, to be honest, there's, there's no reason to spend the extra money that I can find. I mean, there's a couple of extra features, I guess, in there. But nothing that would be enough to make you, if you didn't have the no. cash, you didn't need to. Don't spend the extra. Um, but, okay, so so you've got the Series 4. Uh, Sean, which is now redundant, it's it's gone. Um, yeah, seemed appropriate to, for you to have that. Um, so, uh, what, what's what's your oh, thing about it? Well, you know what? It's almost like well, we can just say this is over because Jay sort of answered most of it. The notification aspect, as as stupid as that seems, you know, I've got my phone usually on me anyway. So, what does it matter? But it is quite nice just to flick the through your notifications on your wrist it's it's i don't know what it is it's really hard to explain and anytime anyone asks you what do you do with your apple watches actually i don't know it's hard to justify it but it is just something i really like to use now there's no apps that i use on it absolutely none and that's really annoying it's a lot like the apple tv the power is there the potential is there but there's no apps that i really need to use that are really essential it's all sort of pointless but i still like the apple tv i love the apple tv uh for the it's one use of watching netflix or disney plus or whatever it is and for the apple watch i use it for the fitness tracking it's great it's really accessible i love the fitbit before it but the actual device itself the fitbit hardware you, you wear on your wrist is not accessible at all. The app is okay, it's accessible. Um, but with the Apple Watch, it's like the next level um, fitness tracker, 
Plus, it's accessible on your wrist. I can see, you know, when you're exercising, however rare that is, you can get uh, instant feedback from the device itself, your heart rate or how many steps you've done or whatever it is. And that, for me, is the main use. But uh, I don't know. It's a tricky one to really recommend because they're not cheap. Um, Although the Series 3, I think, is a really good buy for the price, especially when you compare it to uh, a Fitbit smartwatch version of the same sort of price. Uh, I think, of course, the the Apple Watch Series 3 is a great buy. Um, But I don't know. I find it hard to recommend because there's no killer use uh, or a killer app that I can recommend for it. But I do love it. It's a strange one. Yeah, I kind of want you to be less negative about it, but then I also don't know how to be less (laughs) negative about it. Yeah, exactly. I know. Because we're not being negative. negative. I mean, I don't think we are being negative. I think we're just saying that for for us, it's just not something that we would get maybe as much benefit out of if we could um, see it fully. Maybe that's what it is. But I don't know because, well, for me anyway, a lot of the apps are very accessible on it because it is a very accessible platform. And they've moved because it's ultimately very simple in terms of its design and layout, it's very easy to get around. But I think the thing for you, Jay, is that you know, you're know you in a position where you probably do need to use voice. Right. And that might help you get some benefit out of it. Maybe that's the maybe that's where we are. Absolutely. And it's one of those things that, uh, you know, I, I myself have been, I, I don't want to say reluctant to uh, to adopt a voiceover, but uh, it's just one of those things I haven't, I haven't really encountered that that need to do it yet. You know, yeah, I, we've uh, all been there. Oh, absolutely. The big yeah. thing, I mean, uh, with uh, with regard to Apple Watch or any of them, I mean, there are so many apps out there that are capable. I mean, there were little things that I did use on it, like, you know, sports scores, for an example. You know, it was great because it was very, you know, very concise information. It wasn't an overload of information that would pop up on your screen at any given time. It was very, very condensed, and I found it a lot less busy than looking at your the app yeah. on a phone. So there were some things like that that I really did enjoy, as well as the ability, as I mentioned before, about your notifications thing, but to also answer a quick phone call. So if you're out with your dog and the dog is trying to do their thing and the phone rings, well, you could just press a button on your wrist without having to fumble with your phone. You know, yeah. uh, there, were, there were definite conveniences and things like that and things about it that I do miss. And I, you know, I may, you know, find myself back into the realm of, uh, of the smartwatch again. And, uh, I do look forward to it, you know, and see how technology and different, uh, operating system things advance over, over as things go. But, uh, you know, yeah, I think we're, I think we're all on the same page here. This is like, you know, it's there, it's fantastic, but, uh, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. Like I said, I myself didn't feel I got the most out of it to make it, you know, value for dollar kind of thing. But don't we all feel like that? I mean, I think that's part of the frustration is that the potential for it is amazing. Like, you can't play your audio books or your music through the built-in speaker. That infuriates me. Why not? The speaker is amazing on it. The microphone is amazing on it. Very true. Um, Yet, you cannot play audio books or podcasts. Now, of course, I know that's going to drain the battery and, you know, you're not going to want to listen to an eight-hour audio book on it. But surely that should be the option should be there. And it's those sort of decisions that are so Apple anyway, you know, why they don't let you do something in a certain way. It's just frustrating. I think they have a good reason for it, you know, is the thing. Uh, We may not understand it, and uh, but I'm I'm sure you can listen to music through the thing. So what makes audiobooks any different? 
You know, so that's one yeah, of the things. Yeah, but you can't listen. You can't listen to music through the built-in speaker. Okay, yes, that, that's correct. Through the building, I was. I sorry about that. I thought you were meaning through headphones as well. I mean, the speaker, yes. But uh, now, am I not mistaken? But didn't they actually talk about that during a WWDC at one point that you'd be able to listen through the speaker? Or is that a feature that was talked about but just never came that, to fruition? That does ring a bell, but yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely not an option at the moment. Gotcha. That, okay. That's battery, though. That's got to be around battery. Oh, there's no question. No question. Because yeah, otherwise, what's the point? Have I mean, the you choice. Know, we should have the choice. Of course it's going to... Well, I mean, the choice of having a functioning battery and not having a functioning battery. Well, if I don't have any headphones on me, if I don't have any Bluetooth headphones on me and I want to listen to something, then I've got no choice. I have no option. I'd rather have the option to, okay, you're going to kill your battery here, but you know, you'll be able to listen to 40 minutes of your audiobook or whatever it is through the built-in speaker. One of the things that I will mm. say with that is that on the Galaxy Watch, you could. Of course you could, because it makes sense. Why wouldn't you be able to listen to something through the speaker? Oh, you've got me on one now. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, now I'm annoyed. Let Uh-oh. me send them an email. Hang on. <laughs> I, I think it's a really interesting idea that you could add in more. Uh, and I think down the line, as they improve the battery, you will be able to do all of that. And that's the thing with Apple. Everything's very incremental. We often criticize Apple when they bring out a new feature, don't we? We'll say, oh, well, Android's had that for years. And it's like, yeah, but it's never really worked on Android. It's just been there. And then we always say, oh, well, once Apple's done it, they do it right. Yeah, exactly, because they've given it some time and thought over it. But I'll I, agree I think, to that. But I think there is, a, there is a problem with the Apple Watch in the sense that we do all seem to struggle with the simple answer to the question, what do you do with it? With um, I don't know. Because uh, that's, that's my kind of take on it as well. I mean, I, I look at some of the apps I use regularly, um, and I then think about apps that I would like to use on it. I mean, one that really irritates me. I use, I use train times here in the UK. We use an app called train times to, to obviously tell you when the next bus is coming. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but no, I use it for the trains. And it's really good. And of course, I haven't been on a train for about two and a half months. So, you know, I have no idea uh, whether the app still even works. But, you know, when we get back to, to normal life, we can we can test these things. But, you know, from my experience of that app, it's brilliant at just telling you when the next scheduled train is. You put into your phone your favorite station or your local stations, and then it will give you the, the, all the information. And in fact, as you approach a station, and this is really cool, it uses the GPS beacon to... Um, tell you about the latest information about the train you're going to get. So if it's late, it will tell you uh, instantly. You don't have to go and look up the information. And that is great. Yeah. And I think it's those short bursts of information, like news headlines, um, you know, like information about a message, that you can just get to very quickly. And I think if all that can be developed, and, and you know, I don't, I don't intend to sit and listen to a 17-hour audiobook in my watch, if I'm honest, but maybe Sean does want to do that. Um, yes. Then, okay, fine. I think you might be waiting a while. But I, I think it's really good that the position we're in with it, in the sense that it's, it is a good device, um, fully accessible. I mean, that's the key question a lot of people will have. And the Samsung Watch is accessible. I've tried it. I wasn't mm-hmm. overly impressed, if I'm honest, uh, just because of the speed of uh, things with, uh, you know, I like to swipe and something happens, not wait for five months and then eventually get a response. Um, <laughs> wow. So, Harsh. Not ideal. Wow. Not ideal. Wow. And That's I tried it in the never... Samsung store and the guy said, in fact, it was in Toronto, I tried it. And I said to the guy, turn on this, uh, I had to get him to do it, obviously, uh, to turn on the uh, talkback settings. And uh, he did. And um, I was off, awful, awfully tempted. It sounded all Scottish there. Awfully tempted I was uh, to... Right, um, Mrs. Doubtfire, to, come on. Yeah, I know. Hello. Um, 
<laughs> I was thinking about buying one because I thought, well, I'd quite like to get into this world and see how this works. You know, is it more accessible? But to be honest, after hearing the voice, I thought, ah, forget it. Well, and one of the things that Samsung really, uh, really does lack with right now is that they're still, they're still hanging on to Bixby. <laughs> I don't oh, know why. God, yeah. I don't yeah. know why. And uh, it's Microsoft just said cheerio to Cortana. I mean, you know, come on, guys. Samsung, yeah. get it together. Get and everyone the, just get Lady A. Exactly. Get rid of Siri for that matter and as well. It, well you can say the, the same thing for Apple. The thing is, they you know the Google Assistant is you know in there. It's you're able to use it over. You can pick one or the other. And yeah, I mean uh, the the results from uh, from Bixby, which is native on on the Galaxy watches and the, all of their wearables, because uh, with their separate operating system, they're not using like Android Wear or any kind of thing like that. It's their the, the I believe it's Tizen, I believe they call it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh, you know the app support is just also not there as well. So if you're buying say that particular watch for for apps and things like that, you're going to be very disappointed. There are lots out there. But uh, nowhere near the scope of things that are available, say, on Apple Watch. Uh, didn't, didn't you, Sean, have an app on your watch, on the Apple Watch, that let you use Lady A? I do. I still have it on there, yeah. Voice in a can. Now, it's very, <laughs> it's very clunky. Straight to the point. It, it worked. And more to the point, it played the music through the built-in speaker. Oh. Um, but it was uh, it was very much work in progress, mm. so I haven't tried it in a while. But uh, to be honest, that sort of thing is exactly what I'm always looking for. There's there's the the other Apple Watch app that everyone got excited about was Chirp, being able to uh, browse your Twitter feed. Um, it was one of the first apps that were that was built using the new uh, APIs for the Apple Watch that allowed it direct access. It was like um, it's just like using a proper app, basically. Um, but there are some problems with that. Now, that's purely down to accessibility. Sometimes swiping through the timeline uh, isn't great. It gets stuck. So, you know, you got to grab focus again. But that's all accessibility related. So there are some exciting things. And as a, I keep coming back to the word potential for the Apple Watch. And that's the frustrating thing about it. And you're right. It does come across like we're being negative. But the fact of the matter is that everyone I speak to actually likes the Apple Watch. The accessibility is amazing. But we're all just struggling. Well, what is it for? Aside from the fitness tracker aspect, which everyone agrees is really good, you know, what else can you use that power? It's got an amazing screen. It's got amazing sensors in it. It just feels like that's being not utilized really. The one that gets me, though, is, is WhatsApp. I love WhatsApp, and I yeah, exactly. Uh, yes, we use, sorry, carry well, on. we use it in our group for um, for voice chat, right? So we use. Uh, I'm constantly on message, and so is Sean and, and the other guys in the group. And we're always back and forward and messages about the show or whatever else. And I can't, I can't listen to, and I can't respond to those messages on the watch. If it's a text message, I can respond to it, but I can't listen to a voice message. So you might think, okay, well, maybe it's a voice message thing. No, because if I get a, a, an iMessage that's an audio, I can listen to that, and I can respond back in the watch as well. So why can't I do that with WhatsApp? Now, that's not Apple's fault. That's clearly, you know, the guys behind WhatsApp. They haven't put that feature in. But why not? I don't get it. No, I don't. I, I mean, it seems like the perfect thing for that. Um yeah, I, that, that really because you'll get a notification saying Stephen Scott has left you a, uh, a voice message. 
I can't do anything with it. Just dismiss. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, Stephen, you mentioned something there, you know, people, you know, ask, you know, well, what do you do with it? It actually brings me back. I remember when I got my very first computer and we're talking a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Sorry, I had to do that. But, <laughs> but we got we got this and this is before the days of the Internet. You know, this is like I, I believe it was like 92, 93, something like that. So, I mean, where I was, internet was not a big thing at all. I mean, it was pretty well non-existent. Still using, I believe, 14.4 modems and that kind of stuff. Ooh, high speed. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And we're, we're taking this thing out of the box. And, I mean, and at the time, this was, I mean, these were like, you know, two and $3,000 machines. Yeah, that's right. And my dad looked at me. He said, so what can you do with this? <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't answer them. No. Mm-hmm. Besides <laughs> typing up a document or something like in the text editor, because, you know, Office didn't exist at the time. So uh, you were, you know, with the old uh, WordPerfect days on the old DOS-based system and things like that. But besides doing very basic things like that, what could you do? Play solitaire. You know, it's use Microsoft Paint. But that was back yeah. then. Like, but now we look at our computers, and now what we can do with them? What can so we do with I, them? That's the question. Exactly. Though. That's yeah. the thing. I mean, well, here we are right now. Just think of this. Here we are in 2020. So we're, you know, 20 odd years down the road, and we're talking across the world with each other here right now. And, and doing what we're doing here right now, and I'm doing it on a, a tablet PC that is you know, just as thin as a children's book, you know, as a Dr. Yeah. Seuss book kind of thing. And I no, look not at, a good children's book, yeah. Well, not a good children's yeah. book, no, but I, it's the first one that popped into my head, you know. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's the thing, but it brings it right back to that. He, he asked me that question in 1992. Yeah, that's a really interesting What book. can yeah. you do with it? That's a good way to look so, at it, yeah. here we are. Can you imagine what's going to happen, say, with these wearable technologies, whether it's the Apple Watch, Galaxy Watch, you name it, whatever comes down the line for for us in the next 10 years, what's going to happen for us? It's uh, it's very exciting because the Apple Watch is, is, in, is just in its infancy right now. But I will say one thing for it, which I really, and again, this is a feature of it, which you wouldn't think about necessarily on your daily uh, commute or, or just your daily life in, in general, I guess, is a lot of the health features that are built in. Uh, they are incredible. And the, the fall detection one, which stands out to me every single time, the story of, and I don't know if you know this story or have heard this story, of a guy who was uh, cycling. I think he was in Los Angeles. He was out in, on the mountains or whatever cycling. And he came off his bike, crashed onto the ground, passed out, and he woke up in an ambulance. And he was traveling to the hospital. And he was wondering how did you find me? Because I was in the middle of nowhere. Who called you? And he said, uh, we got a notification from your watch. Your watch detected you'd fallen, attempted to wake you up. Uh, That didn't work through noise, through vibrations. That didn't do anything. So it sent a ping off to the uh, emergency services, which then told them his exact location, all thanks to the watch. Wow. I had actually not heard that story. That is... Well, there's a reason to have it right there. I mean, like, that's probably the only reason to have it, isn't it? I mean, if you had a you fall know, or something, you know, that that would be. I mean, I, I've I got one for my dad recently. He's he's not so well, and I think just wear it every day. You know, I don't care if you do nothing with it. Just wear it every day because if nothing else, it is so powerful in just those 
features that are built in. You don't need any apps or anything. It's all just built in, ready to go. I've got, I've got a certain heart problem where my heart rate can fall below a certain level, and if it does, that can be dangerous. If it does it for a period of time, it can be more dangerous. My watch alerts me to that when it happens. Um, so the health yeah. features have been incredible. So Absolutely. That's maybe one reason to do it. But look, we're, we're going to talk lots more about the Apple Watch. We're going to talk about some other things as well because uh, Jay's here. He's got uh, a great story to tell us about what's happening in his area. Um, you know, how does a blind person cross the road? Uh, you know, send your answers into that joke, uh, whatever you like, frankly. But uh, we're going to be answering that question uh, next. And it's all by using technology. And now we're back with the Double Tap Canada team for more news on the latest tech from an accessibility point of view. Join in the fun with Double Tap by emailing your comments to feedback at ami.ca or on Twitter at Double Tap Canada. How does a blind person cross the roads? Um, well, I guess with extreme caution is the way uh, so I tend to do it. Why did, why did you have to say that joke before the break? Did you see the way the email just lit up with that? I know, I know, I know. I'll get, I'll, I'll get letters. or, or got all the guy chicken jokes coming in. Yeah, yeah. guy chicken. Yeah, that's right. I remember being at, at the National Federation of the Blind Conference back in, God, I can't think when. It was maybe five or six years ago now. Maybe longer. Anyway, I was there, and uh, we were in the beautiful place, the Rosen Hotel in Orlando, which is a great location for it. It's moved on since, but we're in there. And and the hotel and the complex is huge. I mean, for Britons, this is just ridiculous in terms of size. I mean, the whole hotel could have fitted probably just neatly on our island, and that was about it. That was all you would have. And um, we were we were there, and, and we were doing some recordings and what have you. And uh, there was one day we were walking across, and we were being guided across this footbridge, and all the blind people who basically took over the whole hotel, um, we were all walking over this bridge in sort of, you know, convoy. And my hand is just walking along, but my hand's down by my side. And the next thing I'm feeling this almost like a brush hitting my hand Ooh. and very kind of hairy thing. And I'm thinking, what the heck? So don't ask, you know. So um, Sorry, anyway. that was me. Yeah. <laughs> So I said to the, the guide, I said, so what? what is this? Because I was thinking it must be a guide dog at this in front of me. But it was too, something just not right. There's Something just didn't add up. And she said, uh, no, this is actually, it's a guide horse. Huh? An actual <laughs> horse. A small horse. Smaller than a Shetland pony. Uh, but it was a horse. And, Jane, and, and I, I spoke to the woman. To say. I spoke to the woman afterwards. And I said, "You know, how does that work?" And she said, "It's nothing but a pain in the neck." She said, "Every time, every time I go out, I get stopped about a hundred times. Is that a horse?" <laughs> and obviously, well, to be fair, that's, yeah. that's a fair I, question. I can't say that. I mean, I wouldn't do the same thing. I would, I would have to stop and say, uh, "Hello." <laughs> I know, but I, I thought I could not be bothered with that. And she said, getting on the bus is just a nightmare. And I I, I, I actually, I couldn't stop laughing for the majority of the, the time we spoke. Because um, I just thought this must be horrendous see, for her. See, the sad thing is, the only thing I think of is what size poop bags do you got to carry with that? Big ones. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know, Always walk on carry, the road. Don't walk on the, yeah. don't walk on the sidewalk. Hefty garbage bags, man. Like, <laughs> wow. Busy boy. Yeah, exactly. Well, look, we are going to answer the question, though, how does a blind person cross the road? Apparently, uh, where you live, Jay, it's getting easier, so we're going to find out why and what that means in a minute. Uh, but uh, let's get to some of the messages because we do get so many emails in and we, we want to try and get to them. So uh, Mark Aflalo is with us and he's going to read the emails for us. That's exciting, isn't it? Uh, right, Mark, hello to you. Hello. Right, what have you got? Email from Luke. Hi, my name is Luke and I'm interested in learning the computer language markdown. 
I'd like to learn Markdown because I'd like to add headings and bulleted lists, among other things, in a document or node while still keeping my hands on the keyboard. We, as screen reader users, like headings, right? I do understand the bare basics of Markdown, like adding a number sign or a hashtag, then a space for a heading. On my Windows 10 PC, I downloaded a couple of apps which are Virtual Studio Code and AI Writer. I first tried AI Writer because it also has an iOS app, which allows you to sync things up between Windows and iOS apps. I could make a note with IA Writer and export an HTML file so the headings are included. I could access stuff, but it was awkward, and the app seemed only partially accessible with the screen reader. FYI, as of writing this, you can do a free trial with the Windows app, but I don't know for how long. Then I tried Virtual Studio, and when I first opened the app, my screen reader announced something about if you're using a screen reader, some setting is automatically disabled. So if the screen reader is saying something like that, it sounds promising that the app is accessible. I can tab around and hit Alt to get to the menu bar. Here's the thing. I don't know how to use the program or download extensions for it. Apparently, there's some helpful extensions for the program for screen reader users. I was wondering if Steven, Sean, or Tim could do a demo for me using the Virtual Studio Code app for Windows, or even try the IA Writer app for Windows. Thanks. Luke from Ontario. Okay, thank you for that, Luke. Um, well, Jay, I'll look at you first on that one. Do you know anything about coding on the computer? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, neither do I. Um, I, I, I the know last time exists. I uh, the last time I I uh, saw a code was on the back of my Tim Hortons rewards card. That was about yeah. There you go. That and that's, yeah. Yeah, that's right. An Amazon code to get a discount. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, right, Sean. Do you know the answer? Well, I have used Markdown in the past. Um, so for it, thank you. So it just no, it just means I'm old. Nerd. So for anyone that doesn't know, stop it. Um, Markdown is a language. Uh, a lot like HTML is for making web pages. So if you want to write uh, some text in uh, HTML, you need to put some tags before and after certain text. So if you want it to be a heading, you need to put, you know, less than H1, greater than, and whatever else. You put HTML tags in it, which is fine. But if you'd looked at that HTML code in just, say, Notepad, in a plain text, it would be really difficult to read. Now, Markdown was invented so that, let's say, I don't know, 100 years from now, no one knows what HTML is, but you've got all these HTML files. If you open them up just straight in a plain text, you wouldn't be able, it'd be difficult to read them. So Markdown was invented that you could still read the text, essentially. It's not that gobbledygook, as I think is the technical term, <laughs> yeah. when you look at it in, in, in plain text. So, for example, if you want to put a heading in, you can either put two asterisks before uh, the text and after it, or you can just put uh, underline it with equal signs. And when you run that through a markdown processor, it will create an HTML web page, and that would be a heading. Uh, so that's that's the basics behind it. Now, when it comes to those programs, those processors for Markdown and writing text files in Markdown, I actually don't know. I'll be honest, Luke. Uh, Virtual Studio Code and AI Writer, I haven't used, so I'm going to throw that out to the listeners. Anyone out there that does use Markdown, if you have used those apps, or if you know of another one that is accessible and works well in Windows or iOS, then let us know. Uh, feedback at ami.ca. But to be honest, Luke, I haven't used Markdown in a, a long time because there's so many what-you-see-is-what-you-get editors out there now. Like on WordPress, for example, the editor in there is WYSIWYG. So you don't need to take your hands off the keyboard. You know, using keyboard shortcuts, it's very easy to create or 
turn text into headings and lists, bulleted lists or numbered lists or whatever. But I'm sure there are some accessible markdown editors and processors out there. So as I said, I'm sure our great listeners will help us out with that. Also, check out www.markdownguide.org. I know you said you know the basics, but there's some great resources on there which may help you out a little bit. And also, take a look on the Daring Fireball website. They've got some good stuff on Markdown because John Gruber's the guy who made it. I will put the links in the show notes on our website, doubletap.online. Well, I've got to say, a uh, round of applause for Sean on that one because, uh, honestly, I, I don't have a clue what, what Markdown oh. is, and uh, I now know... I didn't do it well, then. No, 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 I, I get it. I get it now. <laughs> I, I kind of thought it was an alternative to, you know, the, the sort of less than H, greater than. I didn't realise it was almost a, a, a code which gets run through some process that then it's, generates that. Yeah, well, it is an alternative in that it, it means that a lot of people use these for research papers and things like that because there is a fear that no matter what standard we're using now, HTML5 or whatever, a bit down the line, if those technologies sort of disappear, you're left with all these documents and web pages that are really difficult to read through in plain text with all these funny tags and codes yeah. everywhere. So that's essentially what Markdown was invented for. Can you do it reverse? Can you take a HTML page and oh i'm sure you can but i don't know of one yeah. but i'm sure yeah someone would have okay very interesting one you know you know what the funny thing about that is he could have made all that up and we would I, I, have known. I, I was <laughs> thinking <laughs> he's either very smart um or he's very smart oh, at, no. well i won't say the word but yeah you, yeah. you get, yeah you know what i mean right okay yeah. let's let's get to some voicemails then uh right who's been calling us on the, the uh, voicemail inbox then uh hello hi my name's angela um i wanted to Bring up the point that you guys were talking about that uh, because of this germ that's gone around uh, being disabled, they will not help us if we need assistance because they are so worried about catching something. And it frustrates the heck out of me being a physically disabled person. When I need a hand, I, I got it's like pulling teeth to try to get somebody to give me a hand, or I get gawked at while I'm trying to struggle to carry something. I just wanted to bring that point up, and my um, it's uh, it's so frustrating. It makes us feel to be blunt more crippled than we already are. <gasps> Sorry if that offends uh, you guys or any uh, listeners. I just I'm a blunt kind of person. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, Angela. No, I don't think there's anything offensive there. <laughs> not a, not a bit, actually. I no. think yeah, that has happened a lot, and you you know you hear stories about that all over the place. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is it's a it's a new world that we're living in right now. And until this thing goes away or whatever, uh, yeah, there's a, there there are a lot of real struggles with that kind of. Hang thing. on, do you though? I, I I just I just worry about putting out there that this is the majority of people that they won't help you. I, I'm not sure. I know we do see it in the news, and I've heard people say that they've had terrible experiences. But at the same time, I think we do need to meet people halfway you know you should have a mask you should mm-hmm. wear gloves because we know that we do need assistance we, you know we're going to grab someone by the elbow or by the shoulder or however we need to mm-hmm. do it so i do think we need to take some is i just i just fear that you know i don't want people to turn up uh, you know with no gloves no mask and say well it's a disgrace that you won't come and help me oh absolutely Agreed, you know, 100%. It works both ways. That's, but I, I, think I, I think most people that, are... Though. I don't think that's Angela's point. No, 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 not at all. But I, I just think that I don't see the majority of people saying, no, no, I'm not going to help you at all. 
I think people are better than well, that. Well, I may be wrong, I, but I, 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 I hope so. I don't know. I mean, I think there was always a time, we've always had this conversation, um, either here or just between ourselves, that we've had the experience of getting uh, no help or way, way, way too much help, uh, depending on what you, you ask yes. for. You know, suddenly you <laughs> ask for something and then you're pretty much carried by four people into a store to, you know, or, or, or I've, I mean, and, and I make a joke about that, but actually, actually I have to I would, I would love to have that happen. That would be great. I, I, I think it would need to be eight people for me at the moment. Yeah, uh, carry me. I think in. that would work. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I've had a situation where I've been standing on a, a, cro- a corner of a street waiting for someone or maybe just checking my phone or just standing there. And the next minute, someone takes me across the road. Right, come on. And, and there's no way to say. And if you talk to the person, they just they don't respond. It's as if you're not even theirs. As if yes. I almost feel like an inflatable man. Uh, and some would say <laughs> that's uh, a good uh, approach to look at it. Um, but, you know, it's like an inflatable man that's just kind of dragged across a street with absolutely no voice, no personality, nothing, no say in it. And uh, I always think, you know, when these people leave, what what happens now? You know, because now I had to get back across the street, and that was even more challenging than what I was trying to do in the first place. So, you know, it does happen. But as we as we're in a situation now where things are very different, and social distancing is a big part of it, we are hearing stories. Uh, I hear lots of stories in my my day job at RNIB from people saying, you know, I was shouted at in a store, or someone yelled at me because I was too close. And you know, idiots. These people are not. But well, they, yes, they are. But the same token, there's a fear that's been brought up, and whether that fear is justifiable or not and some would say it is and some would say it's not i've seen i've heard all kinds of arguments on this mm-hmm. but ultimately the the point is that there is a fear people are terrified for their lives and where you know i used to walk down a street and people would clear out my way because i was coming down you know hearing down a road yeah, with a white cane uh they're going to do it even more so now uh but the difference being they're thinking twice now they're thinking not only is this person coming at me blind i have to get out of their way to make sure that they're okay i now have to think about me being okay and not touching them because they may have that dreaded virus so it's added an extra complication which is justified yeah that's a justifiable thing as social distancing is there for a reason but anyone who shouts at someone because of that and doesn't approach the the situation in the right manner is an idiot agreed yeah, although in saying that, I have been known to raise my voice once or twice. So it's not unusual. And you're an idiot. I, well, I, yes, and I am an idiot. <laughs> Thank yes, you. exactly. Case Thank in, you. Case in point. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, it's an interesting point, though. And if people want to share their views on it, we'd love to hear them. Uh, let's get another comment, though. Uh, this is uh, on a slightly different topic. And uh, let's go back to the voicemails. Hello, it's Tiffany with another message for Double Tab Canada. You can play this on your show. Cool. I just finished listening to uh, this week's episode, and you guys were talking about um, Narrator, and I wanted to kind of comment on that a bit. So I bought my Windows machine, uh, laptop, HP, something or other, thingamajig, (laughs) back uh, January of last year. And, of course, you know, Narrator was built in, so I taught myself to use it after, well, with a lot of frustration. And so I've had it for a little bit over a year. And you're right, the Narrator, it has improved. It's the only uh, screen reader I have on the computer. Mm-hmm. And I finally figured out how to customize right. it and change some things. And for what I need it to do, because I work in the kitchen at a restaurant, so I'm not using it for work. But for what I need it to do, it's fantastic. I, I like it, honestly. Um, and uh, one of the other, I think it was, might have been Stephen was asking what I do with my Apple Watch. Um, I'm still trying to figure out what all I'm going to use it for. Um, I've used it for exercising, 
Yeah, I could always use motivation there, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's handy for timers. If you're cooking or whatever and say you're listening to a podcast or something on the phone, it's got a timer with the Apple Watch as long as you have that Wi-Fi. Um, I've done some texting on it. I've used it for podcasts, audio books from Audible. It's a book I've been listening to. But the aggravating thing is, for some reason, you can't play the audio through the watch. Or I can't oh, get it through well. it. You have to pair it yeah. to a speaker. Ooh. That's annoying. <laughs> but I still like it. I'm still trying to figure out what all I can do with this. The only thing I don't like, though, is when you turn on voiceover, you're stuck with the horrible Samantha voice. You know, the voice when you go on and turn on your voiceover on a Mac or whatever Apple thing and without changing the voiceover, uh, that original voice, you get, I'm sorry, it's hideous. And if anyone knows how to change that, please let me know because I can't figure it out if there's a way. Um, I signed up for the NFB convention this year and a lot of that's going through Zoom. And I'm thinking maybe then, um, because I still need to be able to take phone calls, so if I don't use Zoom on the computer, I'm still trying to figure out Zoom. Maybe using the Apple Watch to take calls since I live alone, I'm here by myself, so that might work. But I'm still trying to figure out what to do with it, or what I can do with it. Anyway, I enjoy the show. Bye. Oh, so nice. Oh, I, I was like checking in with oh. Tiffany. I think this is... She's like a friend of the show. Yeah. Right? I think we need to, to get more Tiffany on the show. Tiffany should just come on one week. We need a Tiffany jingle. Here is <laughs> Tiffany. Yeah, but better you. than that. Okay, right, fine. Yeah, um, much, much better than that. <laughs> fine, fine. Narrator as your only screen reader. I never thought I'd see the day. I must admit, I'm quite surprised, but it's nice to hear someone's using it. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. It might yeah. only be Tiffany. Um, but it is... You know, it's proving the point that for a lot of people at home who aren't using it for a, for a job, do you need the power of JAWS? I mean, it's a very powerful thing, uh, and it's very expensive as well. So, do you need it? I don't. I don't think. You what do. did I say? Tab key and arrow keys. That's all oh, most people yeah, need for much, browsing yeah. the web. You know. You know. It's it's fine. I still have problems and issues with the uh, performance of it. Um, I would really like to recommend NVDA to tiffany as well but you know if she's getting on with it and it works for her then great and well the thing is you're either going to find that narrator is going to improve itself to the level that maybe not to the level of nvda um i don't really know where microsoft are going with it that's the thing what is their intention with it i guess that's maybe the question we need to put to microsoft next time we get someone on you know is it to try and compete with something like jaws or even come up to the level of nvda because i think that's what a lot of people would want the problem of course being you, once you've joined or once you've coupled onto something like a screen reader, it's very hard to move away from it. Um, I mean, I use JAWS and VoiceOver at the same time on my computer because yes. I'm insane. Um, <laughs> but it's because I need Windows on one side because I've, I'm using a lot of things that only Windows will work with. My audio editor, for example, that's just on me, though. I need to learn another editor very quickly. Because the Mac's terrible. Yeah. Well, it's, I'm using Adobe Edition 3. Yeah. From 30 years ago. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. It, it, it's Basically, actually... The, still the, works. The, the standard display is still grey, which is ironic because it may as well be black and white. It's that <laughs> old. Um, but it's it's basically um, a really, really good editor for what I need it to do. Very, very functional, all that stuff. So I, I like it, and that's why I've got both on. But no, I really do... Um, I, I think voiceover is great, if I'm honest, on the mic. But, and I do like it, and I do spend a lot of time with it. But sometimes when you flick over to jaws oh sorry yeah jaws on the windows side or even just the windows side itself it's just a lot easier 
navigation's a lot quicker. Mm. It does get you through the job quicker. So in some ways, I, I do love it, but I need to use both. So anyway, that's that. The question, though, uh, you raised about the Apple Watch. It's interesting you're using it for lots of different things. Making calls, absolutely. Whether you need it with... I'm thinking what you're talking about there is cellular versions of the watch. So maybe being able to take calls out and about. Um, if you don't have your phone with you, I found no value in the cellular version. I've got the cellular version. And the only thing I found good about it was one day I had my phone battery had died and I was waiting for a call and it came through anyway. And I actually quite liked that. I thought that's actually pretty smart. You know, even though the phone was dead... I was still getting my calls. Um, but that, you don't need the cellular version to have that feature. Well, you, yeah, you do yeah, if exactly. your phone's you dead. Can, if your phone's any dead, Apple it's useless, watch, yeah, but. Any Apple Watch that's connected to your phone, you can make calls through. That's right. Anyway. Yeah. So you can do that anyway. Yeah, because um, uh, I don't think Zoom's available for the Apple Watch. So, I mean, there's no way to, to join a Zoom meeting, but you can dial in using the phone. You know, using your Apple Watch uh, phone. Yeah, Zoom's not on it. Capability. That's right. No. Zoom's not on there. Um, the other thing, though, the other question Tiffany brought up, changing the voice on the Apple Watch. Um, I did change my voice, and I chose to go with the Siri voice, uh, Siri female voice, mm -hmm. actually. So the way to do it, because I was, I, I'm well aware that Sean and, and the group on WhatsApp today were all um, trying to figure it out, and I was kind of laughing as I was listening to them, thinking... <laughs> oh, yeah, you didn't help out? <laughs> no, I just thought I'd listen to you all trying to struggle with it, because it was hilarious. Oh, um, but, yeah, nobody could figure it out. The truth is, uh, you, you do exactly what you did, which is you go to, I think it was on the phone, or is it, on, is, is it also on the It's watch? on both, uh, in right. either the Apple Watch or the phone, uh, the watch app in the phone. You go to Settings accessibility voiceover and in there is use siri voice and then and whatever toggle, you turn it on or off yeah well so you turn it on and then whatever voice you have as your siri set voice on your phone will become the voice on your watch now i had a problem with this and it's exactly the same problem you faced today it doesn't work it doesn't work <laughs> right <laughs> Bit of a that, that is a problem, you know. Yeah, a glitch. Well, it's not. I figured it out. So what you have to do is, once you've made the change, you have to set your watch on your nightstand or whatever at night time, and charge it up, and just leave it next to your phone. Basically, what happens is the data, the voice data, has to then be copied from the phone over to the watch, and ah. at some point. At some point, it will do it. it. Mine took two days, believe it or not, to do it. Uh, and that was two overnights of, of it being on charge. And then event, because I couldn't get it to work and I didn't change the settings. I just left it. And then eventually it just started speaking in a female's voice. And I thought, there we are. It's done it. And then I realized what had happened. So you do have to persevere a bit with it. Once you've turned it on, check the Siri voice on your phone. Make sure it's as you want. Um, and then that's it. It will, it will eventually copy the voiceover. And you can change the voice to, um, well, it won't be Samantha in your case, because for over here, it's Daniel. We always get Daniel, who's oh, terrible. terrible Daniel. Oh, terrible. I hate Daniel. Well, so... firstly, Stephen Scott, I can say <laughs> oh, thanks to waiting till we actually record the show now and giving me the answer now, not when I was tearing my hair out no, that's, 14 hours ago. Easy. Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah. Secondly, I've had my option turned on for two weeks. Well, and... there you go. So sometimes it takes longer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it depends on what your city voice is. It might I be the just, same set as the as the voice that's already on it. The the voice on the watch is the same Siri voice as on my phone. It's the British female Siri voice, and it is on my watch already. When I hold down the crown, it does. You know, Siri comes up using that voice. Yet I still have Daniel. 
I, I don't understand. I'll try it again. Uh, I did check out the AppleViz forums, and there is mention of this as well. Lots of people not being able to get it work. Uh, some people say you need to reset the phone. Some people said it did work at the start and then stopped working. Others said they've spoken to Apple, and it's a known bug. So I honestly don't know. So, hey, maybe our listeners can help with that as well. Okay. Well, um, look. Not that I get... don't trust you, Stephen. No, I know, I know. Well, yeah, I, I get yeah, that. I don't trust you. Well, look, we've only got a few minutes left, and Jay, I wanted to talk about your uh, your wonderful news uh, from your part of Canada. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, crossing the road. Absolutely, uh, it's actually something that uh, I found out about uh, very recently. But it's been a pilot project in uh, both the cities of Mount Pearl and St. John's here in uh, Newfoundland and Labrador. It's called Key to Access. And it's, uh, you know, key, K-E-Y, and then the number two, and then access, if you're going to search up the app. Available on both iOS and Android, as well as uh, for anybody who doesn't use a smartphone, there is actually a key fob that is available. Now, I, I sadly, right now, I don't know any information about the key fob or things like that, but it can be uh, contacted through um, through the app. When uh, when you can even go online and get some information on it, but it's a pilot project because here it in order to be able to cross the street or to activate the walk signal, you have to push a button, and at times the button is either very hard to get at or you may not realize where it is. They're sometimes in different places. Uh, it, it sometimes it can be very very challenging, and especially with us here in the winter time where sometimes you actually have to crawl over a snowbank to be able to hit this little button. It, it happens. And, uh, but what this does, it actually enables remote access to the traffic signals. So from my application, as I, uh, you know, I'll launch the app when I go out and there are some intersections. It's not everywhere yet. It, like I said, it is only a pilot project, but as I approach the intersection, I get at the intersection, my phone will either vibrate or what have you, and I'll be able to actually activate the traffic signal or the, the walk sign from my device. And then, in turn, there's an audible signal as well when, the, when it's safe to cross. So no longer having to fumble with the buttons, trying to find it, you're given notification that you're there, the system is active, it's available, you can activate the light right from your phone and... And be able to and be notified when it's safe to cross the street because you'll get a, a haptic feedback on that. And the beautiful thing with this is that I mean, for years and years and years and years, we've all heard the audible signals at traffic stops. And sadly, here in in our area, there was only one for a very long time, and it was close by the CNIB here in in St. John's. And so the kind of like the ongoing joke at the time was, so do all the visually impaired and blind people live down in that area? But uh, the <laughs> answer to that, easier. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, the answer to that question is no. Uh, but in order to install those, those signals, there had to be some infrastructure changes made to the existing traffic light system to be able to make that thing work. This system is not like that. It is just something that can be added to any existing infrastructure of lighting that's in at an intersection. It's just a little box that essentially gets put in to the, uh, to the traffic signal. And then the app does the rest. It's a, I believe it's a Bluetooth connection that it, uh, that it, that it picks up and uh, enables it that way. So existing lights that have never been accessible before can be. 
So it's a very exciting thing, and, uh, you know, it's not like it's battery-powered, it's running off the electrical system of the lighting and everything like that, but it's a much more economical way for municipalities to be able to uh, to implement accessible lights for, you know, for, for pure safety. And if because, you think about it, with this current environment we're in, who wants to touch buttons? Exactly. Public, you know? yeah. So it's going to make such a difference. Listen, Jay, I'm out of time, but I'd, I'd love to talk more about this. You've got to come back on soon, so do that. And um, Absolutely. You know, let's continue this conversation. If you want to keep in touch with the show like everyone else is doing, then please do. You can email feedback at ami.ca. Sean, how did they get in touch by phone and what should they do? It's one eight six six five zero nine four five four five, and make sure you give us permission to use your voicemail on air. Jay, thank you. Sean, thank you. Catch you next time. Thank, thank you. you. Don't forget to tune in to Double Tap TV every Tuesday at eight thirty p.m. Eastern on AMI TV for more technology talk with Mark Aflalo and Stephen Scott. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.